Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast. Presented by Sports Unlimited with your hosts, Morgan Adsit and Rocco DeSangro. Welcome into a brand new edition of The Flock on Fox 45 presented by Sports Unlimited. It's just Morgan and Rocco today. Uh, Jaffe's off. Tom hasn't been on the podcast in like seven weeks. Yeah, exactly. It's been a long time. So uh, just us today. We're talking Ravens. We're talking O's. We're talking Terps. Got March Madness coming up. But the biggest topic of conversation right now in this city, Morgan, it's Lamar Jackson. What the Ravens, not what they're going to do with him. It's what already happened. Giving him the non-exclusive franchise tag, $32.5 million estimated. And uh, now other teams can negotiate with him in the next couple of days. What does this mean for the Ravens going forward on Lamar? It means step one of what are they going to do with him. But it also means this is by no means over. This can drag out to right before week one. This could potentially drag out even longer. It could go to another offseason. It could be another franchise tag. But it's step one to show that they have not reached a long-term deal, which no one was anticipating that. It's been two years, of course, loosely two years of negotiations. And it hasn't gone anywhere. So what do they do? They have his rights for this upcoming season. He will not be a free agent, openly free, come Wednesday during the new league year. But... Because of the non-exclusive, other teams can talk to him, which I understand all the elements around it. I do think it's risky. I think the more that time goes and how you heard other teams are kind of backing off their interests even publicly, which is very interesting to me. No owners are talking publicly, so I don't know where this information is coming from. A GM, a coach, doesn't matter. The owner is the one that's going to fork up the money for Lamar. I think it just is a risky move when you're talking of saving 12 to 13 million just to not completely take him off the market. But I think the Ravens and I think Lamar Jackson are going to find out his value within the next couple of weeks. And I think this is exactly what the Ravens wanted in not getting the long-term deal done. And that's still not out of the question. If they come back, they match the offer sheet they have until July to do this, or he's playing under the tag to work out that long-term deal. But as far as that goes, I think from both sides, it does take two to tango, and DaCosta has said that you know during during these press conferences where we've heard him talk, and I'm not sure that either side really wants to dance right now. I'm sure you know they want to get a deal done, but how much do you want to get a deal done right now? Is the number that you want there? Um, reports are saying the Ravens put their best offer on the table. What they're going to give Lamar would have put him in that high quadrant of some of the top quarterbacks in the league. And that, As he that should sounds, be. That's, exactly. That sounds pretty good. Former unanimous MVP, That's he should be getting a big chunk of change going forward. The guaranteed part is the one that, that seems like that's where these two sides are not connecting, and that's that's been according to reports as well. But this is risky for the Ravens. Like you said, it's a risk. But I think that this guy's going to be a Raven when it's all said and done. But 
just how much is he going to be making going forward? And is he going to be happy playing for the Ravens going forward? I think that's an important note. I mean, I don't know how you can be having these talks loosely for two years, very intensely for a year, and even having that hard deadline before this past season even started, and it didn't happen. There's going to have to be another hard deadline for this long-term deal to happen, which would be July 17th. I just don't know if this is a relationship that's going to be repaired. Now, money and everyone being happy, Ravens being happy having him, Lamar being happy paid makes that all go away. But the longer this goes, it just seems ugly. But I, like I said earlier, I think he is going to find his market value, and I think the Ravens are going to find his market value. And maybe they are right. Maybe it is only $32.4 million for this upcoming season. Maybe some team like the Raiders is going to throw $60 million a year at him and it's going to be very hard to match. What is so, 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 so interesting about this, and I think Lamar Jackson, I would imagine he knew it. Maybe he's learning it, and maybe it'll be different. He needs an agent. I'm not saying every player needs an agent, and I'm not saying these guys getting these cuts and that these players can't make these deals on their own, but this is extremely complicated. It has been, and whatever team, say some team comes in and gives him an offer that he wants and the Ravens just can't match it. They're like, that's asinine. We're not going to pay play it, pay it. You're talking Cleveland Browns figures. We're not doing it. We got to let you walk for two first round draft picks, which I think is a huge mistake. He's worth so much more than that. Whatever deal Lamar gets, it's always going to be talked about later. It can be restructured. They can come out you with another extension. I mean, this doesn't just go away with one deal. Yes. Guaranteed is very important. And I think, he probably needs to have some wiggle room with that. Not to say he can't get what he wants, and players should get that, but that's just not the way that this league is built, and it's just not the way that it happens. And I'm not saying this is happening, but you know it is because it happens a lot. This stinks. No owner wants to reset the market. Owners do not want players resetting the market. Owners, aside from the Cleveland Browns, don't want things like that happening. And I, I almost, you can see the writing on the wall. Are teams really going to back away from him? They might because they don't want to reset the market. Let this play out. Let him eventually come to his senses in their mind and get a deal that they feel like is fair on both sides and everybody go about their business. I think if it gets to camp and the two sides haven't worked out a long-term deal, you know, hypothetically a team throws an offer at Lamar, the Ravens match, he plays under the tag, they don't get a long-term deal done. I think as a quarterback from the business side of it, and fans might not like hearing this, you got to play hardball a little bit if you want to get that long-term deal done. And he might have to hold out. And people aren't going to like that, and it's going to look really bad on him. But if you want the money that you think you deserve, it's like, okay, go out and prove it is what the owners are saying. But in his mind, he's saying, I think I have. Yeah, he hasn't won the city a Super Bowl, like he said when he got drafted, but there have been kind of external factors that that have played into that, whether it's offensive coordinator, whether it's wide receivers getting hurt, whether it's other weapons getting hurt. So that's not all on him. This team, team we say, not winning a Super Bowl uh, with him as the starting quarterback. You talked about the agent. You're right. I believe that every quarterback in the NFL should have an agent. Some other players like Roquan Smith, they don't – Roquan Smith's not going after uh, – an unbelievable amount of money guaranteed like yeah he got the highest paid deal for an interior linebacker in NFL history but he's a linebacker and yes he's important but on the field and from a money standpoint it is not as important as a quarterback position and that's why if Lamar had an agent both sides I feel like would be very happy in this situation and they'd be able to kind of talk a little bit more Lamar could 
you know, go enjoy his offseason while his agent takes care of everything. Hey, Lamar, we need you to sign something. That's what they'll bring you in for. Hey, Lamar, they threw this number out. But when you're going directly to the source and they don't have that agent experience, that's tough on both sides, not just Lamar and, and, you know, his mom, but for the Ravens as well from the business standpoint. It's just an unbelievably tricky situation. And the longer it's gone, the less, even though the Ravens and Eric DaCosta, their GM, was very optimistic was his big word, the, the less you became pessimistic, the less you thought it was going to happen. And I think what is also just so incredibly tricky here is you're asking one player, an unbelievable talent, and he's taken this apart on his own because this is what's happening now, is trying to be the face of resetting the market. I know Deshaun Watson got that, but as far as for him, it's asking a lot of one player that does not have an agent, and the NFLPA is very heavily involved in his ear, and and who has his best interest? Hopefully him, but who has his best interest? You don't know. You mentioned holding out. Well, not even holding out. He could not show up until right before week one preparations. How awful would that be? We've seen him without a true, true offseason or missing some training camp things or missing mandatory minicamp or missing some OTA time. He needs those reps early on. A lot of players do, but Lamar has definitely needed it. I've witnessed it with my own eyes where he looks horrible in mandatory minicamp, and then who is this guy come training camp? We've seen that early on, young in his career. He can miss all of that and not be fined because he hasn't signed the franchise tag tender yet. But if he wants to get paid, he needs to be doing that before game action. And that's a great point that you just brought up. And you factor in Todd Munkin having a new first-year offensive coordinator, brand-new offense he's got to learn. It's going to be tough. And Munkin, he kind of touched on that in his press conference as well. And it's like, will he be behind? Yeah, but we'll try to get him up to speed. Exactly. It's like coming into a new work environment, not knowing anything like you and I both did, and you got to get up to speed, learn all the systems, learn all the editing, learn all the software. It's just like any you know human being if they're starting a new job. But this isn't a new job for Lamar, but it is a new system. So it's that's definitely going to be tough, like you said, if he doesn't show up um, up until that week one preparation. That would not be good for this football team or for him. And now, starting Monday, so the legal tampering period, that was when it was all said what it to my knowledge had been when he could start talking to teams it's not till Wednesday now the NFL sent out a memo like kind of like hey remember franchise tag players aren't in this group so starting Wednesday when the new league year opens Lamar Jackson and only Lamar Jackson is going to be talking to these teams or any team that reaches out you don't think that's incredibly difficult and frustrating you don't even know these people you couldn't get it done with the Ravens we have heard the two to tango the lack of kind of communication and disconnect that he's had during these negotiations and now he's got to go talk to all these other league owners that he has no relationships with build trust build something and I just don't think it's going to work in his favor because again it is not in the league it is not in the owner's best interest to let him reset the market he should he can get a fair deal and I think the Ravens can give him that I think another team could give him that as well, but I I don't think it's two hundred and thirty million fully guaranteed. And we haven't seen something like this before, where yeah, teams and GMs aren't like quote unquote publicly announcing that they're not going after him, but ESPN and, and reporters yes. are not going to throw that out there. If I don't want to see. I don't want to say the c word. That's not a curse word. That's bad in the <laughs> NFL, but it stinks of it. Oh, yeah. And that's what people are saying on Twitter. They really are. The the Rodney Ruxin special, like he used (laughs) to say it all the time in the league. And that's like, that's what fans truly think is happening right now. And that's what that's what a lot of other people think is happening right now, too. So I'm not going to drop it either. It's like the forbidden (laughs) word in football. You don't want to say that. But it's 
I don't want to say it's looking like that, but for people to not publicly, but go through a reporter and put out that, hey, like we're not interested in this guy. Are they telling the truth? Number one, I'm not so sure. But if they are, that's a little weird because I haven't really seen anything like that before where people say, hey, like we're not interested in this person. When, when have you ever seen that with any player? Why would you not be interested? If you need a quarterback, why would you not be interested in Lamar Jackson? Exactly. I, I For two first-round draft picks? Heck yeah. I don't if understand If they were going that. to make a deal with him and still – which they, the Ravens can still do, guys. They can still trade him. If they're to trade him later, he's worth more than two first-round picks. Like So you're talking about giving up nothing. Yeah, money, but whatever. Like Teams can spend that. Teams overspend, sell their soul for one year. The Ravens aren't going to do that. It's uh, it's just but wild to me. why would you not? The whole thing's weird. I, yeah. He's also it. taken on, you know, he's taken on the man, so to speak. I mean, when <laughs> has anyone ever taken on a billion-dollar empire yep. and your multi-million-dollar bosses and your billion-dollar boss as far as the owner and won? It just doesn't happen in the NFL. Like, the NFL wants all this power like the NBA players have and everything. Well, first of all, the rosters are huge. And just the way that they do business, I don't think they have more power. And I think the high-end people aren't paid enough when you think of how much the low-end people are paid in the NBA. But it's just not the way it works. Can it get better? Absolutely. That's why they have a union. They can, like, work work on things for CBAs, but right now he's kind of getting made as an example and he's betting on himself, and $32 million is still great money for one season. You've been hurt the last two years. You've won one playoff game. So do you light the world on fire this year and then say the big F you next year? I'm not playing under the tag, or you're going to pay me? That's probably the route I would go as a player, but Lamar Jackson does what he wants to do. I saw a report, and this, is, this could work in the Ravens' favor. It was Schefter put it out. Out of every player that has gotten the the non-exclusive franchise tag, quarterback only. Yeah, only was a quarterback. Yeah, so he put out. Yeah, okay. So only one quarterback has gone on to play for that team that originally signed under the offer sheet. Like the, the like you don't the, leave. Yeah, essentially. yeah, yeah. The don't, yeah. Yeah. So like it's it. The odds are in the Ravens' favor keeping keeping Lamar here. Um, but this could be a different scenario. Who knows? He, could he be two? I mean, he yeah, could be. He could be. And so. maybe that $13 million that they're going to save, they're going to put on a receiver. Yep. And then Lamar's happy. Hey, we got D-Hop. Could do that it. Extra, that $13 million we say by not giving you the exclusive, we got D-Hop. Could do that. I don't know. So well, next week is going to be very interesting. I mean, we'll be talking about it on next week's podcast. Yeah. And it'll be, reports will be coming out who Lamar's talking to, if any team's talking to him, just what they're doing as far as that goes. So um, just hold on to your seats, yeah. basically. And the only thing that's really edgier seat is – I do think the Ravens have every intention of matching. Mm-hmm. I really don't think – so I think that's why they're at this number, and they're like, let's just see what happens. Yeah, you know? let's see. But if they are also set on this relationship – and I'm not saying they are. This is not me reporting. This is just me throwing out the devil's advocate. If they are, we're, we're going to trade him. This relationship's not repaired. We'll, we'll see how it plays out money-wise, contract-wise, whatever. We're going to trade him. I feel like that would you would want that before the draft. The Ravens have a handful of draft picks. So if – if you're maneuvering him, you would think before the draft, but it might be after. But that's the only thing that's really, really interesting and tricky to me is what are the moves made right before the NFL draft that lean one way or another of they go get a quarterback or they go get draft picks because they don't have a quarterback. And there are some teams that can't talk to him until after the NFL draft. Right, because they can't. Know, they don't so, have yeah. it. Yeah, so 
interesting next week, Morgan. It's going to be crazy, <laughs> and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be, you know, the NFL offseason. It's just going to continue. Yep, Lamar's going to steal the thunder, but before we even get there is the new league year on Wednesday, and they're over cap right now because of this $32.4 million. Even if, if that number goes up even more, then they're really in trouble. They've got to think about draft picks. They've got to think about signing some of their own guys. They've got to think about free agency, and they don't have a lot of wiggle room. One move – expected to be made at the start of business when the new league year happens Wednesday as Chuck Clark was traded to the Jets, which, well done. You got a high five and clap for that. They're getting a seventh round pick for 2024. Not much, but they're getting something when they were just going to cut him probably yeah, anyway. His deal was up at the end of that. You know, he's at the free end of agent. 44. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So 24, he was going to hit the free agency market. And in talking to Chuck last year, and we heard from him for the first time, everyone thought there was a really good chance that he was going to get traded. He, he wanted thought he to was be. Gonna, exactly. He wanted to, and he said that. And you don't usually hear a player say that. But we got to camp, we got to OTAs, and he was talking about it. And he wasn't shy about it either. But when you go out and draft a safety, that's got to make you feel some type of way. When you go out and bring Marcus Williams in as well, so you got Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, where does Chuck Clark fit in? Yes, he was a leader, one of the leaders of this defense last year. Um, he had a career high in tackles for him. Um, and he wore the green dot and that's everyone loves a green dot guy because you know they're getting the signals they're they're calling the shots so he was the green dot guy they're gonna have to find a green dot guy that's what that's exactly I mean what we're expecting like you said because we've seen crazier things happen but it's it was something that this doesn't surprise Ravens fans this doesn't surprise us because they got something out of Chuck Clark, right they like were I mean they yeah, were probably he was probably going to be a, a cap casualty I mean just the way that you look at things so to get something for him is good I think you lose a lot from a talent standpoint that is durable mm-hmm. he has not missed a game since he became a starter in 2019 after Tony Jefferson went out leadership green dot the last couple seasons a vocal voice respected like a quiet vocal leader if that makes sense uh we're gonna miss him from a media standpoint I mean he was always available always in there but they got something for him now you kind of have to turn the attention of all right so after Lamar Jackson you've got Ronnie Stanley Marlon Humphrey and Mark Andrews as our highest paid guys can we restructure them can we maybe give them some money up front for some signing and restructure their deals to make some cap room you also have Kevin Zeitler their right guard, one of the best guards in the NFL. Can we extend him? Can we keep him a little bit longer? Hey, Lamar, look, we kept Zeitler. Look, we're doing all these things for you. That also can free up some money. And then if I'm Calais Campbell, I'm asking to be cut. And in good faith, if you do X, Y, or Z, I'll keep you guys at the top of my list. But I am over the age of 35. I want to win, and I'm coming back for one more season. I mean, I would be shocked if he plays past next year. Oh, I would agree. It's, so that's probably one, hey, let me go. And Houston, I mean, so you got Calais, you got Justin Houston. We talk about, you know, we've talked about the vets, like, a lot over the course of the last couple of weeks in our Sunday show. And, like, what are they going to do with those mm-hmm. guys? So, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens with all that. But, like, this was the first, I'd say, kind of domino to fall as far to as that. Yeah, when it to get under. And so we're going to see them make a lot of moves, shift a lot of money around, and try to figure out what's best for them. Because for the most part, you know they'd love to keep the core of the defense together. Offensively, they need to add some weapons, yeah. and that, that needs to happen. They need a number one receiver. They do. I know Bateman like got on DaCosta about the comments. You're not like, the number one yet. Sorry, man. Like you're not there yet, and I hope you Could will be, be one day. Yeah. And I, you know, wish him nothing but the best. No ill will. Not that he'd hear this anyway, but <laughs> it's. What like, do you mean? Yeah, it's it's something where they need a true number one receiver. Um, and I 
I'd go after D-Hop, try to, and see see if they can do anything that they can to get him and pair him with Lamar um, if they're going to get Lamar on the franchise tag. That's so. just like the offensive coordinator thing. If I'm a receiver, who's my quarterback? Yep. And I'm sorry if Can't it offends soon. anybody. Lamar is probably not the type of passing quarterback that these number one true dog receivers, as we've heard people call him before, I don't know if they want to come to this offense. There's so much up in the air. You don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know who your quarterback is. Even when you had Lamar Jackson, it wasn't this extreme passing offense. It was a running offense first, and and he does amazing things, and he opens up so much. But I don't know if they're going to be able to land that guy still. And you saw some of the conflicting reports in the offseason where people would throw that out there, and players would come back, or former players would come back and say, that's not true. That's not – look at Lamar's numbers. Look at what he's been able to do. It's like – then why can't they get a guy here? Like they, they, you know, something needs to happen where a receiver wants to come play here with Lamar Jackson, pair him up, and and see what they can do together because he really hasn't had that true number one to be able to do that with. So Bateman's healthy. We'll see. If not, they need to definitely work at that position as well. Let's switch gears, Morgan. Um, we're talking March Madness. It's here. March is here. The madness is here. Maryland already lost on a buzzer beater at the end of the regular season. Oh, my God. They, they, they fell victim blew a uh, double digit to, lead. to the buzzer beaters in March Madness already, and it's only going to get crazier. Uh, for Maryland, I think they're a team that's in. I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying that. Lenardi has them in. But how far can this team truly go? Because neutral, they've been all right. At home, they've been phenomenal. Away. Like, pure away games, they have been absolutely dreadful. It's been so bad. So, what Maryland basketball team are we going to get um, in the Big Ten tournament and in March Madness? We think they're going to get there. They should get there. I think it depends, and this is such a Captain Obvious, is, is how hot they get in the Big Ten tournament. They can make a run in the Big Ten tur- tournament, potentially get to the championship game. I'm not saying they need that to be in. I'm saying they need that for momentum. If they go, and we're recording this on Thursday, so they're going to play Thursday night against Minnesota. If they go and lose to a team that they swept, the few road wins, one of two road wins that Maryland got, I think then they're in trouble. They're going to be a double-digit seed or flirting with it, and they're going to just, I don't know, there's no momentum. You have to have momentum going into March. When they're healthy, they're a team that can – I don't want to say beat any team in the country, but they can beat any team in their conference. Who they, they showed up when they were at home with Jameer Young late in the season, they can go toe-to-toe with anyone, but they don't do that 100% of the time when they play. They need their their studs to play well, and sometimes, like you said, you don't get that. You, you'll get Jameer dropping maybe 26, and they could lose. You need you need Juju Reese to step up. You need uh, Hakeem Hart to step up. Dante, all those guys. Dante Scott, um, even... Even the role players, like, you need to step up and really, like, have their best game in March because when this team is clicking, they're scary. I think for a lot of teams, especially if they come in, I think if they come in as a higher seed, it's better for them because... Be the underdog, you like that? Yeah, to be the underdog because they're going to play with that chip on their shoulder. Whereas if they get, like, a 7 or 8 seed and they're playing, you know, what would it be? Uh, uh, 7 plays... An 11, 11, 12, yeah, 12, no, 12, 5, yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Like, <laughs> that's that's a team that could be on upset alert right off the bat, so. I'm more um, interested in the night bracket release for Maryland women, because you know they're going to host, my God, what they lost last year and what they have done this season, and Diamond frickin' Miller, I think 
anything be anything that's not elite eight is a huge disappointment. I think this I is agree. a final four team. I would agree. And it's, I would love to see some sort of lineup with LSU in the final four. Oh yeah. That would be awesome. How cool would that Angel be? against Bre- you know, yes. Brenda and the Terps. Like <sighs> it's like, what could have been if, if she was still oh, here, she would stay and yeah. Yeah. But that, the jump that, she mm. made at LSU, give her to that too. Oh. Not that she wasn't doing that already, but just maybe yeah. it's because they're ranked higher and because it's LSU. I don't know, but you see it more and it's more in your face with what she's doing now. Yeah, no, it'll be both, both teams, but imagine if they would have beat Iowa. They they would have definitely won the big. They yeah. would have won the Big Ten if they beat Iowa because oh, yeah. they I you know. Then they were flirting with one seed. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they definitely could have been. But to be a two, it's not bad, especially like you said with everyone that they lost. Um, the entire starting lineup minus one. I know, and it's I mean it's insane what Brenda has been able to do. It's like going out, getting getting girls, you know, women in the transfer portal, and. Yeah. Being able to do that, Abby Myers has been phenomenal. Cheyenne's taking a jump, even though you know she Huge. was here last year. Yeah. And then Diamond's just WNBA prospect. Oh like, yeah, she's, she's gonna she's gonna make some some cheddar pick. at the next level, yes. like some money. So that'll uh, that'll be great. All right, the last thing we want to touch on. So it's called Oriole Park at Camden Yards right now, <laughs> and it has been um, for years and years and years and years. But that might not be the case anymore, Morgan. Um, dun, dun, can, dun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, John Orand of Sports Business Journal, he was reporting that the Orioles have quietly been take been taking Camden Yards naming rights to market. But in saying that, that's a good headline grab because people are going to automatically click that link and say, oh, no, Camden Yards is gone. So what they do with Arrowhead Stadium, it's no longer called just Arrowhead Stadium. It's uh, Jiha or Giha Field at Arrowhead Stadium. And Power Field at Mile High for mm-hmm. Denver. So we could get like Bitcoin field at Camden Yards <laughs> well, or something Bitcoin like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been into crypto, so I have no clue. I'm not a big crypto guy. But um, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's everything comes with a price now and everybody's trying to profit off of everything? It's like you see sponsorships on NBA jerseys. You see the Staples Center going to crypto.com currency arena. It's that's the day and age we're in because that's going to sell and people are going to pay a lot of money to have their names and their company names on, on a building and building like this, a venue like this, I would throw top dollar to have my name somewhere on, you know, on that building Camden yards and and call it my own. I think if it's local, the local (laughs) fan base will love it. I do think people are be like, Oh my God, you can't, it's still, you still have to keep, Oh, I mean, Camden Yards is not going away. No. The Oriole Park thing, like, yes, I'm assuming that that will stay as well. But it's all about making money. So why wouldn't you try to make money? No, I completely agree. I have no, I know a lot of people like, you know, the old hats and there's a lot of baseball snobs too that don't like change and stuff like that. But you have to be with the times, as you mentioned, with the jersey sales, the other things as well. What's really, really interesting and is that Governor Westmore and John Angelos went on down to Atlanta and went to check out Atlanta's new like Battery Park, whatever is that what they call it? What do they call it? Yeah, it's, a, yeah, well, it's, it's truest, but it's a battery. That's what it's called down there. It's okay, like that so area is called the battery. The yeah, battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they went down to look at that. Now you don't want the Orioles going thirty minutes away from town like the Braves did, but you want to develop and build that whole area, the land. You want that as well. You want all of that to go in together. Restaurants. 
dining. Go look at the Cincinnati Reds. There used to be nothing between where the Cincinnati Reds play and the Cincinnati Bengals play. I grew up going to those games. I did not grow up in Cincinnati, but I grew up going to those games. There was one bar. It's still there. It's called the In-Between Tavern. You know why? Because it's in between between the stadiums. And that was all that was there. And now there are high rises with condos and apartments. There's businesses down there. There's food, restaurants. It's a whole thing. And yes, you have pickles, and that's a very good experience, but you're trying to talk about tying in both stadiums with the Maryland State Authority, and you're talking about the Ravens, you're talking about the Orioles, making that whole area something that generates and makes money and also gets people to come to the games and enjoy the experience. And you also hope with all of that development comes a safer city, just in general, because you you have people actually living there and caring. But I think that's interesting that they're they're touring that to kind of get like, oh wow, you can you can have restaurants and apartments and make money. Well, yes, of course. Yeah. And selling the naming rights have no problem with so, it. So Terry, I'm sure fans yeah. will. Terry left and put out the article. He said sources said a decade long deal comes with an asking price of six to eight million dollars annually. So if someone wants to fork up some money, hey, maybe we'll get some money together. And uh, probably probably not even close to that. But you know, <laughs> I don't know what that does. <laughs> I don't know what that truly does for a business to see your name on a stadium. I mean, I know it happens. Cincinnati Bengals finally sold their rights. Oh, yeah. It was just Paul Brown Stadium forever. So, I mean, there has to be money making in that. And I know it comes at a price. I, I don't know what they get in return on that. They but get their name up there, and they get to look at it every time, and they probably get some perks as well with it. So. I would imagine. And I imagine people see it, too, and they're like, oh, wow, I'm in yeah, Bank. It's let me a bank. Look this Maybe up. I should bank there. Yeah, exa- you know, exa- stuff I, like that is real. I've never that. looked at a stadium and been like, oh, wow, no. I got to. But it happens. So if it's a way to make money yep. and it's not currently being made and you don't want them to leave town and you don't want them to leave that venue, sure. I have you, no problem. You said Cincinnati with those stadiums. I grew up going to Phillies games, Sixers games, Flyers games, sure. you know, Eagles games as well. And like names change. X, Xfinity Live, I'm saying. They have like – it's bars yes. and spots and food places inside of one big venue. Yes. That's where they take the video. If the Phillies were in the – you know, when the Phillies were mm-hmm. in the World Series, it was like, let's check out Xfinity Live. People are going yeah. nuts. It's yeah. an awesome environment, packed house. Like that's, that's maybe a place that – Baltimore could explore kind of I know they have they have power plant but that's that's way too far away it from is, and a lot of that stuff's going away I mean there's just be so much and I've lived here 11 years there's just be so much going on in the inner harbor but like mm-hmm. the mall is gone like all those restaurants down there like where the cheesecake factory was and, yep. and Hooters those are all <laughs> shot out to those places those are good places <laughs> yeah they're all gone so it's just like you don't you don't want that to happen for your city you want it to be thriving of course you don't want to push people out and make like ugly moves like that but you you want to bring community engagement and community like bright spots to look at and go to so do it make money i'm excited to see what the future of that area the stadium authority is going to basically look like and if you have a raven sunday day game and an o's night playoff game and it's so much to do besides just the casino there in the middle. I mean, the casino is there for a reason. Yep. So if you build all of that up and actually have good places to stay and to, because I know fans, a lot of people that come into town don't stay there. Yeah, keep fans in the area of the opposition as well because maybe yes. they'll go to both. Maybe they'll check out both. If I'm here for one team, I'm going to go see Why another team. Why would you team. not? And that's kind of what baseball does, right? It's yep. like a casual social gathering type environment when you go to those games, whereas football is like more like diehard and everything. Pump for the future of this city as far as the sports aspect goes. It's, I mean... It's exciting. You, it's a pro market. So, yeah. like, start playing ball. Start playing ball. No start pun playing ball. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for tuning in to a brand new episode of the Flock on Fox 45, presented by Sports Unlimited. For Morgan Adsit, I'm Rocco DeSangro. Have a great rest of your day. 
You've been listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited. Stay up to date on the latest Ravens coverage. Check the Sports Unlimited tab on foxbaltimore.com.